I remember, yeah, the fourth day I was just like, I fucking hate this. I hate everybody. (laughs) Then I was talking to the birds and the trees. And then by the end of it, you've kind of cleared out, or at least for me, I'm talking about me. I, I felt like I had cleared out so much stuff and it felt so good that by the time that we spoke again, it was like, oh my gosh. And everyone was like on this high. Hello, hello, it's me, Isabel Restrepo, and you're listening to the Mentor Your Mind podcast. Our mind can run around in circles to give meaning, make decisions, and navigate life's stressors. In this podcast, we view the world through the lens of human design, mindfulness, and other modalities to, well, mentor your mind and go from chaos to clarity. Like the song says, free your mind and the rest will follow. Let's dive in. What does it mean? What does it mean? (laughs) Welcome. Welcome to today's episode of the Mentor Your Mind podcast. I just broke out into song. I was inspired because I was like, how do I want to begin this episode? So let's just dive right in. Let's talk about it. Mindfulness. What does it mean? (laughs) Okay, to me, mindfulness is really about being present in the moment. So what does that mean? (laughs) I love it because I can just keep going in layers and layers and layers. So for example, for me, mindfulness is being really present in the moment when I'm doing something. So if I'm sitting here recording this podcast, chatting with you, then that's what I'm doing. I'm being really mindful about, you know, setting up the computer, the microphone, being in the moment, being in this present moment. Think about like if you're scrolling on your phone and you're just like mindlessly scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. It's like, oh my gosh, how did an hour go by? Yeah, that's not really being mindful at all. But if you're on your, let's say you open up Instagram or whatever app that, you know, your your go-to and you want to find that post that you saved of that place that you want to go visit, that's like you're being really mindful in how you use the app and how you are moving about in that specific moment in time. And so I have to admit that for a very long time, I did not operate this way at all. It was like, I'm thinking about certain things. I'm daydreaming. I'm thinking about the future. I'm, you know, it's like mind masturbation where I'm just like, thinking about all these different things and not actually being present, not actually being where I am or was in that moment. And of course, like I'm not mindful every second of every day I tried to be, I tried to be as much in the present as I can, but of course I'm only human. And of course I'm going to daydream about certain things. And of course I'm going to think about the future. And of course I'm going to like mind masturbate or whatever we want to call it. And so I want to take you on a little story, a little ride of history of Isabel's life, (laughs) of my life, of how did I even begin this process? Like, how did I even begin this practice? How did I really learn about it? And I want to take you back like more than a decade ago, because I feel like now it's really a buzzword and it's all about, yes, like mindfulness and being really aware. And mind you, like, this was not think about it. Like this was not the jam five years ago. This was not the jam 
three years ago. It's like, this is a new wave of looking at the world, which yes, I am all about it. I'm here for it. And actually I said more than a decade ago, but it was about a decade ago. And I'll take you back in time. So I had left New York City. I used to live in New York. I used to work in ad sales, you know, living the dream over there. And I was fed up and I was like, oh my gosh, like I need a change. I think I was like 25 at the time. I was like, I'm having back pain. I'm only 25. Like, this is not the way that I want to live my life. Like, it's time for me to go. It's time for me to go do something else. And in that moment in time, yoga was a release for me. It was like, I can forget about the busyness of New York. I can forget about the stress. I can just go be on my yoga mat, be in the moment when I was, you know, doing the asanas and the movement and connecting with my breath. And so at that moment in time, I was like, you know, I'm leaving New York. I want to do yoga teacher training. So I went to India for yoga teacher training. And while I was there, people kept talking about Vipassana meditation. And I just kind of ignored it, like whatever. Someone had mentioned I can't remember now the details of like if they had done Vipassana or they were going to go do Vipassana. And I was like, you know, whatever, like this is just not for me. Like I don't need to go sit in silence and meditate for 10 days. Like, no, I'm good. Like I don't need that, right? First indicator that I definitely need that <laughs> for me personally. It's like if I'm if I'm rejecting something so hard like that, that usually means like, oh, that's the thing I actually need to go do right now. <laughs> so if it's like, oh my God, that sounds crazy. I don't need to go sit in silence for 10 days. Like, oh, I definitely need to go sit in silence <laughs> for 10 days or whatever, whatever the thing is that comes up that I'm like rejecting. That's the thing I need to go do. And so it kept coming up, like someone had mentioned it. And then someone outside of the course, I was chatting with them and they mentioned it. It just like, it just kept coming up. Like even after the course, even after the course, I, so after the course, I was backpacking with one of the friends from the course and they, uh, Julie, shout out to Julie. Hey, hey. So we were traveling and then I think other people just kept mentioning it. And I was just like, what? Like, okay, okay, this keeps coming up. And it, I, I mean, I was in India for almost four months. So it was like month three. And I was like, okay, I need to go. I need to look into this. Like, what do I need to do? So Vipassana meditation is where you, or at least like this 10-day meditation uh, course is where you go and you learn this technique of meditation. This is how uh, the Buddha became enlightened through this type of meditation. And it's really about seeing things as they truly are. So it's, it's, it's India's most ancient techni techniques of medica meditation. Um, and yeah, it, it really is a way of like self-transformation through self-observation. So it really focuses on the deep interconnection between mind and body, which can then be experienced directly by disciplined attention to the physical sensations that form the life of the body and that continuously interconnect and condition the life of the mind. So I just read that from dhamma.org uh, in the description of a pasana meditation or a portion. What I just read was a portion of that. So 
when I went in, I was like, okay, I was kind of fed up. I had been in India for a while. I had found out news about this guy that I had been into before I had left and he had moved on and was now dating someone and I was devastated. I was like, I don't want to be in like the world. I want to be just away. And so Vipassana, 10-day silent meditation where I don't have to talk to anyone, like this sounds amazing. Let's go into it. Let's do the damn thing. So I really went into it kind of like to escape kind of just to be like, I don't want to quote unquote be in the world right now and not in like a suicidal way, but more of like a, this is just too much. Like I need a break. Like I need a hit pause. I need a break. What is this Vipassana about? I keep on hearing it. So let's follow it. Finally, I'm listening. I'm listening. Let's do it. And so I go in and you, you know, you give your phone to the people that are there. You, if you have any reading materials, you kind of turn that in. You're not really meant to be writing either. So no journaling, like you're really there to meditate and learn this technique and really be in this space of self-transformation through the breath, through your body, through, through this, um, self-observation. And so every day, you, this was such a long time ago, so I'm going to try to remember the best that I can. But from what I remember, it's like, okay, you turn everything in and then you're called into the shala, the meditation shala, where you go in and it's a room. There's like a, you pick a pillow where you sit on and that's kind of like your assigned spot for the 10 days. And every morning, uh, they ring a bell. And so that's how you wake up. They ring the bell. You go into the shala, you meditate. Uh, then you have a break. I think you have breakfast. Then you have a little break. Then you go into the shala, you meditate. Then you have lunch. Then you meditate. And there's like breaks in between. And then at night you watch a video that kind of like helps you kind of process, okay, this is likely what you might have experienced today. This, this is kind of what tends to come up. And, and then it's like a way to like make sense and digest. And then you go to sleep and then, you know, rinse and repeat for the 10 days. But every day it gets kind of deeper and deeper. So kind of like the layers of an onion. So the first layer is you're there, you start breathing through your nose. So you bring the attention of your breath through the nostrils, through your nose. So you really focus on feeling the breath in your nostril. And then the next day, it's like, I forget like how how it progresses, but by the end of it, you are feeling your breath from your nostril all through your body. Or at least for me, that was my experience. It was like at the beginning, I could only focus on my the nostril, like the feeling of the, you know, the, the breath through the nostril. And you could like, at first I could only feel it like in that little space that like, if you have a mustache or, you know, the space between your nose and the top of your lip, that's, that's all I could feel. But then you, you grow and you deepen and you, you know, go through this experience. And by the end of it, it was like, I could feel whole body tingles. I had never felt anything like that before. It was, it was pretty amazing. And through the, through the days, different things would come up. I remember, I don't know why I remember this so distinctly, but I think it was the fourth day. 
Well, no, no, I remember. Okay, now that I'm saying it, I'm like, okay, okay, it's, it's coming to me. I think the fourth day, I was like pissed. I was like, why the fuck am I here? I'm not talking to anyone. Like, I was just like mad at the world. Like, I was just like, why the fuck did I even come here? Like, I'm fucking crazy. Like, all of this like crazy anger was just like came out, bubbled up, you know, all these things that are coming to the surface. And then I think it was like day seven. I'm like, looking at the birds and I'm like, the bird is talking to me. I'm talking to the trees. Like (laughs) it's such a shift of like, you know, you, you feel all these things, all these thoughts you notice, like you're really observing the self-observation. It's like, oh my gosh, this is the constant mind chatter that I'm dealing with on a day-to-day. These are the thoughts that I'm consistently having. Like, how can I shift them? and give me this new perspective about how I think about things. And so from coming from that experience, I've really thought of my mind as a garden. So it's not so much about lessening your thoughts. Although for me, sometimes it's like, oh my gosh, I have so many thoughts. Like I just want like peace and quiet sometimes, but I can't always have that. So what, if I can't reach that, then what are the quality of thoughts that I'm having? What is the level of thought quality of the thoughts that I'm having? So is it negative self-talk? Is it fear? Is it anxiety? Is it all these different things? And as I went through, you know, the 10 days every day, you kind of progress and you go through the process and it's like, oh my gosh, I'm attached to this, or this is the way that I've thought about things, or this is the way that I view my family. This is the way that I view myself. I mean, you, all of these light bulb moments are kind of like, oh, boom, like, okay. And then you release and you kind of rewire and reframe. But really it's, it's a mix of what are the types of thoughts that I'm having and how can I release that and kind of give my mind that space, that kind of like ha moment to just breathe and not process and not think and not go into the mind chatter. And so I remember, yeah, the fourth day I was just like, I fucking hate this. I hate everybody. (laughs) Then I was talking to the birds and the trees. And then by the end of it, you've kind of cleared out, or at least for me, I'm talking about me, I, I felt like I had cleared out so much stuff. And it felt so good that by the time that we spoke again, it was like, oh my gosh. And everyone was like on this high because we had just meditated for 10 days and had kind of sorted out through the crap and like go of the crap and then felt full body tingles. Like for me, it was just like, oh my God, like what a really cool sensation. Like I had never been able to feel my body, like every single cell in my body just pulsing and vibrating. Like it didn't even feel like I was a human form, like a human body, a physical form. It just felt like I was like vibration and pulse and energy. And mind you, this was like 10 years ago, okay? This was 10 years ago. This was like before it was cool to feel this type of way. And I say that because I don't even know. Actually, I know why I said that because I was listening to a podcast and someone talked about like, oh, I've been using Canva since before it was cool. And I was like, well, whatever. And now here my ego's like, well, I was meditating before it was cool to meditate. You see how the mind just like plays tricks on me. But here we are, we're sharing it. But anyway, it was it was just this really, really, really cool experience. And one of the things that really stuck out to me. It was from one of the videos. And so the thing about Vipassana, right? It's about seeing things as they are. 
and you might have heard the saying of like, there's two sides to every story. And it's like, no, how can we get the closest to what actually happened? And I remembered in one of the videos, I can't remember what day it was, but it was talking about if you're walking, let's say you're walking down the street and then you see a homeless person and, you know, they're begging for money. And if you're walking down the street, let's say that that first day you're just walking down the street and you don't know the homeless person and you just go on your way. Okay. That's one scenario. Let's say the next day you're walking down the street and this homeless person is on you know, you see this homeless person and it's somebody that you know, and all of a sudden that shifts, that shifts that situation, right? And then let's say the next day, uh, you're the homeless person and you're one of your parents is the person that walks down the street. So all like, depending on the person, the scenario, which person you play in that role, it shifts everything entirely. And I just remember being like, oh my God, that is so true. It's like the way that we view the world is is through our own perception versus it simply being a person walking down the street and there's a homeless person next to them on the side of the street and that's it. So the meaning that we give it will change depending on our circumstances circumstance depending on our life depending on all the things that we've brought in the baggage before and and how can we see things as they are from a way of being really present and in the moment so i know that i started talking about mindfulness and then i went into what the housing is all about but i think they really go hand in hand and creating this practice for me of mindfulness of like can i be in this moment can I see the thing as it is in this moment? And for me, that has been huge in relationships, especially, I mean, God bless my boyfriend. He is the most patient and kind and loving person that I've ever been with. And he is just an angel because sometimes when I'm in the moment, but I'm seeing things from not as they are in this moment, that leads to a lot of chaos and conflict. And so for me, it's really been about how can I be really present in this moment and see things as they are. So mindfulness and Vipassana can really go hand in hand of, okay, what am I reacting to here in this moment in time? Is this the reality of this present moment? And if not, how can I bring myself to this present moment, to the reality of what is in this moment, and that has been the breath. So in Vipassana meditation, it's all about the breath. You learn this technique of meditation through the breath. And I I know like Eckhart Tolle, it's all about the now, bringing the moment to the now, it's the breath. And what do we always have in this present moment? And if we didn't have it, there wouldn't be a now. It's the breath. So when we think about mentoring the mind, when we think about shifting our perspective, when we think about mindfulness, when we think about Vipassana to see things as they are, it's really bringing that moment of right now, of this present breath, of 
this present moment? And how can I implement that into everything that I do so that I am so fully aware and present in this moment because that's all we have. Like, yes, we can fantasize about the future. Yes, we can reflect on the past, but what we have in this moment, that's it. We don't know how many more of this present moments we're going to get. Okay. And I know that can sound cheesy and start to be like, okay, whatever. But honestly, like August was such a tough month for me. I've had a family member pass away. And so, you know, just life and being in the moment and being in the breath and being really mindful of just enjoying this moment as much as I can has just been really top of mind. And so when we think about, yeah, the breath, that's all I have at this present moment. And that present moment can continue hopefully as, you know, until I'm old and gray and, and wrinkly and, you know, for, for many, many years, but here I go. See, I'm already thinking about the present or the future. It's like, no, this is what I have right now. This is the breath that I have in this moment in time. So how can I infuse that to enjoy things like washing my hair or sitting outside or talking to the birds? (laughs) I'm serious here. Like, how can I really be engulfed in whatever it is that I'm doing in 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 the moment in the moment is it am I brushing my dog Lucas and you know being with him and and just being really present I think that when we think about mentoring the mind especially for me when it's time to you know plan ahead or weigh out all the options or all these things. It's like, sometimes it can get so overwhelming because yeah, my mind is going a million miles a minute. So how can I really just calm down? And like, if I'm making coffee in the morning, it's going in and making it kind of like a little ritual of like, I go get the coffee and I get the scoop and I get the French press and I boil the water. Actually, you're not supposed to let it boil. Or if you do boil, you let it cool. Otherwise, you burn the coffee. Just a tip, FYI. <laughs> um, so how can I, you know, in the day-to-day, in the day-to-day, so many times we can go on autopilot and just start thinking about things. And like, that's how people leave babies or pets in the car. That's how people, you know, just go into autopilot. That's what we do. And of course, like some things will go on to autopilot, like otherwise it would be impossible to live. Like you're not constantly thinking about your breathing unless you're doing breath work, obviously, unless you're trying to bring yourself in this present moment or alter your state of being through the breath. But, you know, if you're just thinking about your day to day, you're not thinking, okay, now I have to breathe in, out, in. I mean, you would drive it. That that would just be like too much thought. So yes, some things need to go on autopilot, but other things like how can I really be present in the life that I'm living right now and and really be here now, be here now. That's, you know, Ram Dass, be here now. That's That was his jam. And it's like if so many other grateful leaders are saying these things, then they're, they might be out of something, you know? And so I really invite you to, to connect with your breath, take a deep breath. Can you feel your feet on the ground? Can you be present in this moment? Can you mentor your mind to be present in this moment? 
And if it's hard for you to be in this moment, then then why? What is the reality? Is there something that you want to change? And that's okay too. Like, you know, maybe you're going through a really hard time, but that's even a better indication and a better invitation to bring you into this current state and learning to teach your body and your nervous system that it's okay and safe to be here. Because if you're listening to this podcast, then most likely you are not in a state of alert. Like you aren't in danger right now. There isn't something that is happening where you're like, oh my God, this is happening. But wait, I better go listen to this podcast first. Like most likely you are okay. You're safe. So how if so if you're feeling stressed, if you're feeling like your mind is going a mile a minute, I invite you to the breath. I invite you to see whatever situation that you're in right now as it is and know that if you're having our time, it's a season of time in your life. And even if you're having a wonderful time, if you're having the best time, also know that this is also a season. So really enjoy it. Live it up. Like feel the juiciness of this present moment and really enjoy it. Allow yourself to enjoy the really good moments too versus, okay, well, on to the next thing, on to the next goal. No, no, no. Be in it, be in it so that in the moments when it's time, when it's, you know, when it's really tough, you can remember that, okay, this is just the season and I know that it will be a high season again and it will be a low and it's the yin and the yang. It's it's the high and the low. It's the, you know, high vibe, low vibe. It's all part of it. It's all part of it. I think I heard this once, I think it was a Instagram reel or something where it was like, if you you know, you have your ups and your downs. It's like your heart, you know, your your heartbeat goes up and down, up and down. And the moment that you are like, oh, I just want to be, you know, level, then you die, you flatline. That's it. So just know that there's always going to be ups and downs, highs and lows, you know, high vibe, low vibe, light and dark. That's That's part of life. That's all part of life. So in the moments when you're really happy, in the moments when you're upset, when you're sad, come back to the present moment. Be here now. Be here now. That creates space. That creates space to see things as they truly are in that moment so that you're not giving meaning to it with your mind that you shouldn't be. And I I say should in terms of like, okay, this is the indicator of like, oh, I should be feeling happy. Then it's like, oh my gosh, great. What a perfect opportunity to dig into where is the should coming from and how can I connect to the essence of what's really here and really enjoy the 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 breath and the breath as in yes breathing and breath as in b-r-e-a-d-h-t d-t-h I mean (laughs) the breath of things how can I really enjoy enjoy and even when it's hard, know that you can do hard things and you can overcome it. And it's all about the shift in perspective. Oh my gosh, this is such, this example just came into my mind of, I was chatting with my brother and he was telling me about Wim Hof and how he's doing 60 seconds uh, of cold water in the morning. And I was like, oh yeah, I do 60 seconds at the end of my shower. And he's like, yeah, like I like to count to the 60 seconds. And, you know, the first couple of days are really hard, but each day it's just like, oh yeah, this is part of my go-to now. And so I was like really inspired by him. And, I, and then the next day when I was in the shower, I was like, 
okay, like, you know, I start with the hot water and then I cool off at the end. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so cold. I realized that I had only been doing it for like 10 seconds. So I stuck to it. I was like, you know what? I'm going to do 60 seconds. And now it just feels so good. Like the the more that I do it, I think I've been doing it for like a week now. The more that I do it, the more, the less hot water I need. It's like my body loves the cold water now, and it's such a shift in perspective, shift in mind. And I remember that first that first shower, those first ten seconds where I was like, okay, I'm done. I was like, no, 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 just keep going. And then I was like training my mind. I was mentoring my mind. I was like, I can do hard things. And then. Also, I mean, like, yes, I can do hard things and I can do small little hard things like this one where it's like, I can do hard things. I can mentor my mind. I can breathe. I can breathe into this experience and I can be in the cold water, be in the discomfort and I can be here, be here now, be here now, be here now, be here now. And then the 60 seconds were over and I was just like, yes, this feels so damn good. So yeah, I invite you. I invite you into that practice. So shout out to my brother, Manny, who inspired me, Manny. And then I, I remember I like told my boyfriend and then he started doing it. And then I told my cousin and he was trying it. I was like, yes, everybody do it. So Manny, you started a movement. Shout out to you. But honestly, like when we think about mentoring the mind, when we think about mindfulness, when we think about Vipassana, it's, it's really being present and being present with what's really here versus our perception of it. And of course, like we're human, we're going to see the world through the lens that we've been brought up to see it through. You know what I mean? And so in those moments, think about that example of, you know, the road with the person walking down the road with the homeless person sitting down. And what is the meaning that we're giving it? What is our experience of it depending on our life? And what is, you know, if you come up with another person, they're a whole other human, they're a whole other experience, they're a whole other interpretation of the same sex, same thing. So if we learn to see things as they are, that can really minimize conflict, that can really open up a space for healing, for healing the the wounds of the past, for healing generational trauma. Like what is it that is running around in the subconscious or in my um in my frequency from my family that's you know that's causing this resistance to see things as they truly are so you know check it out i mean if you're up for it please go do a vipassana 10-day meditation I think now that I've been sharing about it, I'm like, oh my gosh, I think I, I think I need to do that. I think I need to do that soon. It's been, it's been a long time. That was in 2014 and we're coming up to 2014 now. That's been 10 years ago. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Okay. I think I've been inspired. The 60 second cold showers, <laughs> Vipassana meditation round two. Here we go. But no, but all, all jokes, I mean, I'm kind of joking, but kind of not. Uh, but honestly, like if that feels call, if you feel called to it, definitely check it out. I think out of all the things that I've done, out of all the self-healing, out of all the techniques, I would say that that was a huge catalyst for me in the way that I interacted with my family, with myself, with those around me. Like I became aware of so many things that I really started to shift that 
If you're going to do anything, do that. And I've done plant medicine. I've done ayahuasca. I've done all these other things. But I would say this Vipassana Tende meditation, it was for me like a really, really big catalyst. And I've also heard that it's really good to to stick it through. So if you also like you go in, but you're not obligated to stay there, but highly, highly encouraged because I think about if I would have left the day that I was like cursing everyone and cursing the world and like fuck everybody. Oh, that would have been so bad. No, no, no. Like so much left to process. So if you're going to do it, definitely highly recommend sticking it through all of the way. Do the 10 days. It'll change your life. I promise. And let's say that right now doing a 10-day Vipassana silent meditation is not an option for you, then all good. You can still bring this practice into your day-to-day. So whatever time that you're listening to this podcast, you know, start off with something small. Like let's say that you're listening to this while you're driving on your way to work and you get to work. Like, can you be really mindful about okay, I'm, you know, I, I park the car, I take the keys out. Well, I guess a lot of cars are like, I push the button to turn the car off. You know, I get my bag, I walk into the building, like, can you be really present in that movement and in that practice and really see things as they are in that moment? See the trees, see, you know, or whatever your environment is. Um, or, you know, if you like to drink coffee in the morning, how can you be really present in that moment? And my favorite is if you're, if you're having a hard time communicating with someone, can you try to see things as they are in that moment? You know, there's two sides to every story. How can you really kind of cut the gunk from each side, you know, cut the fat and see, okay, what's in the middle? What is actually there? What is that truth? And being really present and playing with that and experimenting and trying trying it on for size and see how it goes. See how your day changes. See how your week changes. You know, how can you, it's, it's like a muscle when you go to the gym. It's like you're building this muscle of being present, of bringing the breath to the present moment. So yeah, test it out check it out. Let me know how it goes. I love hearing from you. So, you know, if you kind of go through this process and you're like, wow, this really, you know, shifted the way I saw this certain thing, or this kind of felt like a light bulb moment, let me know. Email me at hello at isabeljrestrepo.com. I love hearing from you. And yeah, of course, if you haven't subscribed yet, be sure to subscribe so that you know when a new episode is released and you're in the know. And yeah, I will see you on the next episode. Talk soon. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you enjoyed the episode and you'd like to support the show, please let me know by leaving a review and sharing it with your friends and family. Be sure to subscribe so you always know when a new episode is released. We'll see you next time. Bye.